Well, good morning. How are you guys doing? Do, every time that that comes on, I just want to dance or something. Anybody else there with me? Like, just like break it down or, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm white. I don't really know how to dance very well. So it's just kind of awkward movements, you know. But uh, man, we're so happy to have you guys here. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're starting our new series, Jesus the man, the myth, the legend. And we're just going to be talking a little bit about Jesus, maybe some of the things that he's done, maybe some of the miracles that were performed uh, by him, and just really diving into his life and seeing how his life and what he did here on earth and how that applies to our lives and what does that look like and how can we really learn and glean from him. You know, a couple, when, when Shayla and I first got married, um, we were on a trip down to Fort Myers to visit my dad, and we were on our way back, and there was a storm that kind of came out of nowhere. Anybody ever been driving and had one of those storms that just kind of came out of nowhere? All of a sudden, it's like hail, thunder, and lightning. It's just pure craziness, and I remember we were driving down there, and 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 like all of a sudden, like little golf balls started hitting our car and stuff. And it was, it was freaking my wife out because I was making her drive. I don't know what it is. I love sitting in the passenger seat or in the backseat of the car. I don't know what it is. Maybe I was supposed to be uh, driven around by a limo driver. I don't really know what it is. I just really like it. I don't, it's weird. Um, uh, in, fr- in fact, a cop friend of mine told me that's who people who sit in the driver's seat that are guys, that's because their license is suspended. That's what he told me all the time. So I was like, maybe that's God, what he's trying to tell me. I shouldn't be driving. But anyway, she starts freaking out um, on this trip because of the, all the lightning and all the stuff and lightning's going off all over the place. And she's like, you need to drive. And I'm like, I don't want to drive. You're such a better driver than I am. And, and I don't really enjoy it. And she's like, you're going to drive anyways. And so I get in there and the, and the Storm is just going buck wild crazy, and I kind of have a lead foot, you know. I don't know what the speed limit is, so I'm at 75, 80 miles an hour, and of course, my wife is freaking out, saying, slow down, slow down, slow down. I'm like, sweetheart, we are fine. We just got new tires. And wouldn't you know, like the next second, like we are spinning out of control on I-75. We end up uh, spinning across 75 one time. You know, and I'm spinning the wheel. I didn't know that you're not supposed to spin the wheel when you lose control, but I just kept spinning it because I was like, if we're going this way, I must need to go this way. And so when the car would finally get this direction, all of a sudden we take off that way. And so we spun across this way of 75. Then we came back across again, all three lanes. Then we went back across again, another three lanes, back off across again. I'm serious. Finally, we ended up taking out about 150 yards of palmetto bushes and hitting palm tree. And sometimes storms in life just kind of come up and they throw our lives into a tailspin. Maybe they're not literal storms as far as, you know, here's the wind of the rainbow. Maybe there's some storms that are happening in your life right now that have just kind of came up out of nowhere and are spinning your life out of control. And today we're going to kind of look at a storm that, that happened in the Bible. If you want to turn in your Bible to uh, Mark chapter 4, we're going to be hanging out there throughout the day. And so if you want to turn in there, we're going to start in verse um, 35. But one of the cool things about Jesus is Jesus did some incredible things here on earth. He did some incredible miracles in people's lives. And uh, I've seen God do some incredible miracles in person. I remember when I was 18 years old, my pastor took me I'd just given my life to Christ, and he's like, I want to take you on a mission trip. And he took me to the Philippines. And uh, he was speaking there at a conference, and 
they decided that they were going to have me speak the next day. I've never spoken in my life. I'm just an 18-year-old kid. And I get up there and I look at this passage of Scripture out of Acts where it says that Peter and John said to a, a man, get up and walk. And I, and I thought, man, that's a cool Scripture. I'm going to talk about that. And so I kind of speak for what I thought was a long message. It was like eight minutes. And uh, not a lot of point to it, but I was passionate about it. And so I get ready to go back down, and the guy that's hosting the conference comes up and says, you know what, we're going to pray for people that they would get up and walk, and you're going to pray for people for that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, that was just a cool scripture. I don't really know that that really works or whatever. I just thought it would, it would sound good, and you guys would think I was smart and intelligent, and I could just go sit back down, and you guys would be like, good job, son, good job, you know. And so the first guy that comes up is a guy in a wheelchair. I was like, shoot, you know, and I just started praying for this guy. I don't really know what to pray. I was like, God, you can make this guy walk, I guess. I don't really know. You, it says here that you said get up and take up your mat and walk away. And God, get this guy up. And this guy got up out of his wheelchair and started walking. And I was like, God still does miracles today. And what's crazy to me is that a lot of times people ask, you know, does God still do miracles? Yeah, I think he really does. I mean, I'm, I, that was living proof. But... What kind of blows my mind is, is why can I go to a third world country and pray for a guy where I have no faith and all of a sudden that guy gets up and walks, but yet I go to the hospital and pray for people that are dying of cancer and nothing happens? Why does it work either way? What is, what is the process of that? And I don't really understand it all, but this is what I know is that God is still a miracle working God. And today I'm, I want to really study one of the miracles and I'm praying today that not only will God give us understanding of how he works, but that he will do something inside of us and transform us from the inside out and really give us a bold faith for him that no matter what storm comes our way, no matter what life hurls at us, that God can do something miraculous and calm our storm. And so we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go to the other side of the lake. Now let, let me just pause right there. Let me kind of give you just some context of what's happening. They weren't really on the lake. They were on the Sea of Galilee. And if you don't know anything about the Sea of Galilee, see, the Sea of Galilee, Galilee is in the midst of a whole bunch of mountains. And it's actually about 680 feet below sea level. Say, that's pretty low. Okay, like three of you. Say, that's pretty low. One more time. That's much better. Okay. So it's pretty low. And, and because it's so low, like kind of the context of how, what, what it was like back then is that because it was so low and it was surrounded by mountains, you never knew what was going to happen. So it could be the most beautiful day and all of a sudden a crazy storm could arise and just be going buck wild and nuts. And so that's where it's kind of at in the story. It kind of is like boom. Anything can change at any moment. So verse 36, it says, Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats with him. It says in verse 37, A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you even care that we are about to drown? How many of you guys are out there are boat people? Anybody a boat person? Anybody like boats? Anybody ever been on a boat? Anybody never even seen a boat? Okay. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm talking to the right crowd. I'm, I'm not really a boat person. We grew up with boats. Um, I'm not really a boat person because I'm really good at breaking boats. And so my parents never liked me to borrow the boat. But I remember this one time we took out the boat and we were, um, 
we were on the, we lived on the other side of the state, and we lived on this, this area called Siesta Key, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's, it's amazing. And I was out there with a couple of, of friends. We were going out to the beach to, to go and hang out and look cool because we'd pull up on our boat on the beach and just, you know, look cool. And so we were doing that, and when we parked our boat, uh, water, we weren't really paying attention, but water started getting on our boat. And before long, when we got ready to leave, our entire engine had been flooded and took out our bilge pump. Now, I don't know if you know much about boats, but when your bilge pump goes out, it's the thing that pumps water out of your boat. So as water's coming into your boat, it gets pumped out. Well, ours broke, and so we're driving along, and our boat is getting really slow. And it's starting to get lower and lower and lower in the water. Like, we got like three inches of clearance on each side of water, and we're trudging along at like seven miles an hour because that's as fast as our boat would go because we got about 7,000 pounds of water in our boat. And... The guys with me are like, is, is there something wrong? And I'm like, no, man, we're going to make it. Everything's good. It, we're, it's just like a lowrider boat. Don't worry about it, you know. And, and, uh, but we're going along, and all of a sudden, this huge yacht comes by us. And the next thing that happens is this huge weight starts overtaking our boat. And everybody in the boat, including me, is screaming like a little girl. Because <laughs> we're like, we're going to die. We're going to sink out here in the ocean. And... Uh, and I imagine that's probably what the disciples were like in this situation. You know, they're out there in this boat, this little boat with 12 dudes. I mean, 12 guys. There's a lot of masculinity there. But when fear sets in, man, we are like a whole bunch of little girls. And I can just imagine the disciples. They're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? This is crazy. The water's coming in. And they're just freaking out. And they think, we're going to die. We're never going to get to see our kids grow up. I'm never going to find my future wife. Oh, my gosh. You know, because that's what a lot of you guys would think. I mean, I think that they were probably thinking, man, I'm with Jesus. This isn't supposed to be happening. How are we going to die out here? What's the deal with this? I mean, we're, we're going across this water, and we're not supposed to die. And I think what happens for a lot of us is a lot of Christians, we think, man, we found Christ. Everything in our life should be uh, rainbows and butterflies. It should just be wonderful. But for a lot of us, nobody ever promised that our life with Christ would be easy. It would be kind of difficult. It never said that we were going to be exempt from the storms of life. It never said that we were going to be exempt from what may or may not take place in our life. And see, I think a lot of us face a lot of storms. I think a lot of us are facing storms right now in our life. Storms that are maybe physical. Storms that are maybe relational, maybe emotional. But my question to you today is, what storm are you facing? What is the thing that is overtaking your life. Maybe it's a work thing. Maybe you've got a job and you just cannot stand your job. Every time you go to work, you're like, man, I hate this place. I don't know why I have this job. But the person sitting next to you is like, well, at least you've got a job because I can't find one anywhere. And that's the storm they're facing. Maybe it's a relational thing. Maybe, maybe you thought, man, by this time in life, I thought that I would be set. I thought I would have already found the one who was going to make my life great, and we're going to be married, and we're going to have kids, and I'm still single, and I'm 38 years old. And I thought life was going to be different. And then the person who's been married two or three times is saying, man, I wish I would have never found those people because I've been stuck in life, and now I've got this, all this relational baggage. And then there's some of you guys that you just have a ton of tension in your relationship right now. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't even know what to do. I don't even like the person I'm married to right now. Some of you, you're facing some health issues. 
you know, you're just going along life and everything seems great and you go for your checkup and all of a sudden there's a big problem. You never thought that you would have cancer at 32 and all of a sudden the doctor's saying, uh-oh. Or maybe a loved one in your family is facing that and you're just kind of like, I don't even know where to go here. What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? Maybe you've got kids and you raise them the right way and you, you train them up in the things of, of God, but all of a sudden they're going off and they're doing their own thing and you're like, man, I want to help them and I want to direct them and I want to guide them, but, it, but I can't really do anything right now and that's the storm that you're facing. All of us face different storms in life. Maybe some of you guys who are really, really weird Maybe you're like, man, we are seven months away from the holidays and I just cannot wait. You're like, man, I am jacked up. I cannot wait for Christmas. <laughs> then there's some of you guys that are like, man, I cannot stand any holiday because I got to go hang out with that psycho family. And you're dreading that day. You're dreading that moment. We all face these different storms. And today, I, I pray that as we study this miracle, that God would speak to us. That God would do something very, very profound, very, very life-changing in us because we all face storms. And when we're facing some storms in life, there's a couple things that I think we should all know and remember. And the first one is this, is that you're in a storm by God's appointment. The storm you're in, man, it's, it's there by God's appointment. God knew before you were born that you were going to go through this season in your life. Look at what verse 35 says. It says, that day when evening came. Who's speaking to the disciples right there? Who's the one that's talking? Who's about to say it out loud? Who's about to speak right there? Jesus. And Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. Now, I want you guys to check this out because here's the whole thing that we need to understand. This trip that they were on that is overflowing, that is, that is, the storms come crashing in. Whose idea was that trip? Jesus' idea of that trip. And so let me just give you an idea here that maybe you're not thinking about in your storm. And that is this, that if, if Jesus was the one who said, let's go to the other side of the lake, and Jesus really is the Son of God, don't you think he had an idea that a storm was coming? And yet, even in the midst of that, he said, hey, let's go to the other side. So I would say that even though that this was an incredible thing and it was a terrible thing that was happening, I think that, that even though it was a bad thing that was about to happen, they were still in the will of God. And sometimes we say to ourselves, because of the situation we're in, this can't be the will of God. God would never put me in this situation. God would never allow this to happen. But a lot of times God allows us to go through some storms in life. God allows us and takes us in those situations. He lets that happen. And some of you guys might be saying in your storm, in your situation, where the heck did this come from? Why the heck is this happening to me? I don't understand what's taking place. But there's a couple of reasons storms happen in our lives. The first one is, is that, man, they come from some bad decisions that we make sometimes. Anybody out there ever made a bad decision? Okay, half of you guys are saints, apparently. You guys have never made a bad decision. I make bad decisions all the time. This is what I know. Bad decisions always end up with pretty nasty consequences. You know, we make the simple decision that we think is easy and it ends up backfiring on us. Or we make a stupid decision that just blows up in our face. And, and pretty soon we have some pretty nasty consequences that we have to deal with. Another thing that, that reason you might be experiencing a storm in your life is because of the enemy. 
you know, Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, whatever you want to call him. You know, it says the, the evil one is out there to steal, kill, and destroy. In fact, I was watching Judge Judy a while back, and, and this, lady, this lady, her response to the judge, she was like, I cannot believe you're doing this. Why are you doing this? And she looks at the judge, and she goes, Judge, the devil just be so busy. <laughs> and sometimes the devil just be so busy in our lives that he's creating some storms. You know what I'm saying? And so maybe, maybe you're experiencing some storms because the devil's so busy. I don't know. Another source could be you're experiencing some storms simply because we live in a broken world. You know, we live in a world that's, that's marred by sin. And, uh, you know, Jesus said that in this world we would have trouble. That there's going to be some storms that we're going to face. There's going to be some obstacles we're going to have to go through. There's going to be some hurdles that we're going to have to jump. But he said we could take courage even in the midst of that because he has overcome the world. And so there's some reasons we go through some storms. And my question is, is are you in a storm? Are you in a storm today? Because God knew you were going to be in that storm. God knew, and he had a purpose, and he had a plan for that. A couple of years ago, I had a really good, some really good friends. They were a couple. They had just moved to Bradenton, um, and they were golf pros. In fact, she was the head golf pro at the University of Maryland for the women's golf team. And they had moved to Bradenton. They decided that they wanted to change their lives a little bit. They were going to settle down. They were going to, they were going to have kids. And, and in fact, they were in the process of adopting a little girl named Gracie from China and uh, I remember them calling us, me up one day and saying, her husband saying to me, my wife found a lump on her breast this morning. This is a 28-year-old woman. And I said, your wife's 28. How in the world can she have potential breast cancer? I mean, people at 28 don't get breast cancer. I mean, that's something for old people. That's what happens to them. You know, it doesn't happen to people our age. I mean, your lives are being transformed. And, and they went to the doctor, and we were praying with them. And, and sure enough, it came back. She had breast cancer. And I remember sitting there and just being dumbfounded because I was like, this, this cannot be. It brought up so many questions, you know. Did, did God make this happen? Did, did God plan for this to take place in our life? I mean, why is this happening? Did God cause that cancer? And I remember this struggle going on between myself and God and, and this family and God and just asking all these questions. And I, I like to personally believe that God didn't cause our cancer, but he did allow it. And this woman ended up having a mastectomy. Two weeks after they got their baby girl from China. And I remember being there with them throughout that time and just praying with them and talking with them and saying, how in the world is God going to do something out of this? How in the world is this by God's appointment? And after that, she became cancer-free and she ended up starting all kinds of small groups for women who are dealing with cancer. And God took this tragic thing and ended up turning this whole thing around to where she has hundreds of ladies every single week that come into her home that are dealing with pain and suffering and loss because of what is going on in their lives and she brings hope to them like she's never experienced before. 
And not only that, but this couple probably has the greatest marriage that I've ever seen in my entire life. Because what didn't pull them apart pulled them closer. And today they get to speak into so many couples' lives saying, you know what, no matter what happens to you, God is in control. And they have a platform that they would have never had if it wasn't for God's appointment in that. And maybe some of you out there, you wish you would have never gotten to the other side. Some of you wish that, man, that storm in your life maybe never came up. And God really wants you to go to the other side. And he said, man, let's go to the other side. And Jesus said that full knowing that there was going to be a huge storm there. And it says, leaving the crowd, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats around him. A furious squall came up and the walls, the, wall, the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And I hope that this never happens to any of us, but there's a good chance that it will, man. The next time something happens, you think, man, I'm just going to say goodbye to my friend and I'll see them next week. And in an instant, everything's changed. Or you get off the phone with a loved one and everything is fine. The next time you call them, man, they've got a bad report from the doctor. Everything's changed. And when those things happen in our lives, we've got to remember that we are in that storm. We are in that situation by his appointment. We are in that place. And God knew it was going to happen. But we got to trust that God is good enough to take us through those situations. And we got to remember that in Romans 8, 28, it says that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Because the storms that a lot of us are facing, we're there by his appointment. But we also got to remember that we're there in the storm with his presence. We're not just there appointed there by ourselves, but we are there with his presence. Never forget that verse 38 says, Jesus was in the stern. What was Jesus doing in the stern? What was he doing there? He's asleep. How many guys like that? Man, Jesus is with you, but he's passed out. Gives me a lot of encouragement. Man, Jesus is there, and he is saw in logs. I, I, I don't know, for just some reason, I just... I don't know, when I read that, I just liked it. I mean, he wasn't waking up. The disciples, they're there freaking out. And, and Jesus was just, man, he was just there, just passed out, just, just like nothing affected him. You know what, I, as I started thinking about that, I started thinking about like, God is never surprised by our circumstances. It wasn't like God was just like shocked and like, oh my gosh, I better call the meaning of the Trinity because I don't know what's going on. Hey, Jesus, Holy Spirit, can you guys gather around? What are we going to do in this situation? Can you believe this is happening? I cannot believe that there are waves crashing over the boat. What are we going to do? I can't believe this. Do you think we should do this? Do you think we should do that? It wasn't like God was surprised by the situation. In fact, that dude was in the stern sleeping. Though unseen, he was still present. And even though you're in a storm right now, even though it may not seem like Jesus is there, it may, it may seem like he's unseen, I want you to know that God is right there in your, your storm. He's right there in the midst of it. He's right there, even though you can't see him, it might not seem like he's acting in that storm, he is right there with you. 
when I was in high school, my freshman year of high school, I had a, a really uh, cocky attitude. If, you, if some of my friends that have known me for a long time will, will tell you, in fact, if you want to ask Matt Gregory, who might have known me here the longest, if you want to ask him how arrogant and stuck up I was when I, when I got out of high school, I was like 10 times worse when I started high school. And... Um, I don't know, for some reason, man, that was just how it was. I just thought I was on top of the world, that I could do anything. And in my freshman year, I decided because I was all that in a bag of chips that I was going to ask out the hottest girl who was a senior in our school. The only problem was is that she had a boyfriend, and I just didn't really care because I thought I had that much game. And so one day, I went and I asked her out. You know, I put on the moves. I, I did the gangster, you know, I did the lean-in thing, you know, like, hey, how's it going, you know? You know, the lean. You guys all know what I'm talking about, guys, the lean. And, uh, you know, did the lean thing and, and asked her out. And, and I ended up getting rejected, but I didn't really care because I was like, man, I'm better than her anyways. But, uh, but her, her boyfriend happened to be the captain of the football team. And, uh, and he was not very happy. And so he was extremely mad, and he had a whole bunch of friends that he got really mad, and they decided they were going to beat me up. But the great thing was is that I had a stepbrother who was a senior as well. And, uh, and he heard that, they were going to beat me up because I was a cocky, arrogant little jerk. And, um, and so all throughout the next couple of weeks, every time these guys would come around, all of a sudden my stepbrother would pop out. And my stepbrother happened to be one of the toughest guys at our school. And so nobody wanted to mess with him. And, and I kind of used that to my advantage a little bit. But every time that they would come, it was like my stepbrother Tim would just kind of appear and just be like standing over there in the corner and they would leave me alone. Over and over and over again. Though I didn't necessarily always see him. I mean, when they came around, I noticed when everything changed about them because he was there. And though in your problem, it might not seem like God is there with you. Let me just tell you something. He is there. He is there. He's peeking out around the corner. And he's coming around. And he's like, man, I'm with you. I've got your back. You don't have to worry about the situation. Be encouraged. Be encouraged that you're not doing this storm alone. And in the middle of your storm, there's one that is so much greater than your storm. Maybe you haven't been around church your whole life. Maybe, maybe you don't know a lot of scripture, but I'm sure a lot of you have heard this out of Psalms 23. is written by a guy named King David who was a shepherd boy, and he said this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why would he say that? Because in the next verse it says, for thou art with me. The reason he could fear, he didn't have to fear evil, was because he knew that God's presence was with him. And the verse in Hebrews, it's in your notes, it says, God will never leave you. He'll never, never, never leave you. Nor will he ever, ever forsake you. Yes, you might be in a storm, but you're there by his appointment. He knew what would happen, and you're there with his presence. God is with you, and you're there for his purpose. Why are you there for his purpose? Because God is going to do something in you that he couldn't do any other way. He's going to do something inside of you that he could not do any other way. Think about the disciples here. Think, these, they're about to face one of their greatest fears. And what is that fear, man? They're terrified that they're going to die. Listen to what they said. Teacher, don't you care if we are about to drown? We don't want to die. I mean, that's what they're saying. They're saying, listen, we don't want to die. 
And think about this. The journey of the lives through the disciples, they are about to see the power of God happen in their lives. Right before them, they're about to see the power of God. And pretty soon, they're going to end up seeing the character of Jesus played out. And pretty soon after that, they're going to get to experience the death of Christ. And after that, they're going to get to experience the resurrection of Christ. And then, after that, they're going to face the thing that they feared the most. And 10 out of the 12 disciples are going to end up dying. Death for Jesus. Facing the very thing that they feared the most. Because they realized that when God worked inside of them, because they were there for uh, an appointed time, and his presence within them, that God was doing something inside them, and he had a purpose for it. And the biggest thing that had a stronghold on them, they eventually became free of. And that was the power of death. And Jesus did more than just calming the storm miracle here. He did a change in their heart. And I think more than anything, God wants to do not just a change in our storm, not just a change in our circumstances, but a change in our character. Because we're always like, God, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care of what's happening to us? Man, SOS, man. Let's send out a help signal. Man, we're in trouble and you're not helping, God. Man, where are you? Man, my marriage is falling apart. My finances are in ruins. Man, my kids are going crazy. My job what job? And all this stuff is going on there. And maybe there's some of you guys that are out there and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and God has not answered. Or he hasn't answered the way that you wanted him to answer. And so you're saying, God, man, I thought you could do this. I mean, you did all these other people's miracles. Why aren't you doing this? Are you not able to? Maybe this is just some sort of crutch that I've taken on just to make me feel better about my situation. But I want to tell you here today, man, that God... has you there by his appointment with his presence and for his purpose. You know, we, Shayla and I have both shared quite a bit about the fact that we, we can't have kids, but what we don't talk about a lot is the process we went through to be okay with that. Because it's, it's deeply personal and it's very hard to explain to people pain. It's easy to talk about celebration and success, but it's hard to talk about pain. And I remember at one point in the process of trying to figure all this stuff out in life, that we were going to doctor, to doctor, to doctor. We knew doctors so well. We'd been to every specialist. We'd, I'd had multiple surgeries. And I remember getting to this point where we just could not figure anything out. Where we were just completely lost. And husbands, maybe you can grasp this, but there's nothing worse than sitting in your bed at night next to your wife and hearing her cry her eyes out 
saying, God, why is this happening to us? All my life, all I've ever wanted was to be a mom and to have a family. And I can't. And not having any words to be able to say. Not being able to do anything to make that situation change or be better. And I remember just the both of us just kind of falling into this depression. And I remember one night, her turning to me and saying, I know that this is the wrong thing to say, but it's all that goes through my mind. And you would only understand this if you don't have kids. Is that when we get old, there's going to be nobody for us. There's going to be nobody that's going to love us. Nobody that's going to want to take care of us. What are we going to do? And I remember just sitting there crying in bed together. And finally just screaming out, God, we can't take this anymore. We can't do this. Man, I don't, man, I don't really care about this anymore. God, you've got to take this from us. If we have kids, we're going to serve you. If we don't have kids, we're going to serve you anyways. Man, we choose to love you. We don't understand. We don't get it. But God, it is yours. And I remember in that moment, it's like something broke inside of us. And even though the chaos of trying to fix all this stuff on the outside was still going on, on the inside, there was this peace and this calm like we had never experienced before. And God was just like, man, it's going to be all right. And something changed right there in us. For both of us, I mean, if, if you get to know us, we do not worry about anything. We don't worry about anything. You have enough money this month? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Is your car going to work? I don't know. Doesn't matter. You want to know why? Because we've been to hell and been back. And we know that our God is faithful. We know the character of our God. And we know that he is going to bring us through. And no matter what happens, I'm going to love him and praise him anyways. Because it's by his appointment, with his presence, and for his purpose. And this scripture in James, man, it just ticks me off. But I've just got to read it anyways. James 1, 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials. How many of you guys are like, hey guys, praise the Lord, man. Everything is going to crap. Hallelujah. Woo, dance to David. You know. <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody that I know at least. Says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials. Because when you know that the testing of your faith Develops perseverance. And that perseverance must finish its work. It says it must complete its task so that it will make you mature and complete, not lacking anything. Craig Rochelle says this. He says, in storms we want God to do a removing job. But God, he wants to do an improving job. Because the thing that I found about God is he is not really concerned with our comfort in life. 
He's more concerned with our character. And God, through the storms of life, is wanting to do something inside of us. And here's the miracle. Here's the miracle, verse 39 and 40. The disciples are like, man, don't you care? Man, we're drowning here. We're falling apart. And Jesus, he gets up and he says to the waves, quiet, be still. He says, quiet, be still. And there are those of you that are out there that God is going to speak to your storm. He's going to heal your marriage. He's going to heal your body. He's going to miraculously provide in your finances. Man, he's going he's to answer the prayer that you've had. And he's going to say the storm, be still. And others of you, your storm is going to continue to rage on. And he's going to stay to your heart. Be still. And both are miracles. I actually think the latter is the greater miracle. When the chaos of life is happening all around, and in the midst of that, God says to your heart, be still. And you know that no matter all the things that are happening around me that I can see, God does a miracle in your heart. And all of us, man, we need to be still and know that he's God. That he is the all-powerful one. That he is the great I am. That he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he can say to your mountain, be thou removed, and it will be tossed away. But he also can say, peace be still. And calm your heart. I'm going to close out with the words of a song by a guy named Scott Crepain. And I want you to take a look at this little video. Father God, I just pray that today that I know that a lot of us are facing some storms that we never imagined were going to happen in our lives. We never thought that the relationship we were going to be in was going to end the way that it did. God, we never thought that the housing market would crash and everything that we invested all of our money in is, was instantaneously gone. God, we never thought that we'd get that report from the doctor. And I know that there's some of you guys that are out there today that are facing some incredible, incredible storms. Maybe physical, maybe emotional, maybe relational, maybe financial, maybe health. 
But today I believe that God wants to calm your storm. And maybe that's a, that's a tangible thing. Maybe that's a physical thing, exterior-wise, that all of a sudden circumstances are going to change. And I believe that, that God can and still wants to do that. But I also believe more than anything that God wants to do something internally inside of us through His Son, Jesus Christ, that He wants to calm the storm in us. The, the Prince of Peace wants to calm our raging heart. And God, I just pray today that you would transform us from the inside out. God, that we would not allow the waves that seem to be crashing and flooding our lives to freak us out. But God, that we would put our trust and our hope in you. And that God, when, when we would know that the, the, the thing that we are in is by your appointment, God, that you've placed us there and that your presence is with us. You'll never leave us, nor will you forsake us. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how bleak it gets, God, that you are right there. God, and that you've got an incredible purpose for this. You're not just doing it for some random reason, but you want to use it to transform people's hearts and lives. God, and I pray that your peace would overwhelm us today and that your Holy Spirit, your presence would consume our lives. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.